0: Welcome back everybody to the new guys. I'm River Butcher, a host of this podcast. Joining me as always is
1: I am the other host of this podcast. Um and then uh River, what are you?
0: Oh yeah, I'm a stand-up comedian and an actor and a writer and a producer and a director. I do a lot of things. I also play baseball uh and do podcasts.
1: I do a lot of stuff too. I just always say writer cuz I I yeah. just but I direct and do other stuff. That's, Whatever. That's, you guys yeah. get it. We're I, trans.
0: <laughs> yeah. We throw a lot of things at the wall, see what sticks. Um, it's good to be back. How have you Yes. Been? Good.
1: Uh I'm good. Yeah. I uh I'm like, you know, trying to figure out what to do during the writer's strike, sure, doing yeah. podcast stuff. Big old deal. Yeah. Same. Uh we don't know.
0: Yeah, we don't know.
1: It's mid July right now in our minds. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's mid July, so we don't we tr- we really don't know. <laughs> I uh we we record these, we put some of these in the can. So uh, just to be totally transparent, um, and transgender, yes. I have been traveling around like a lot, uh, for work, and so I guess I don't need to share about the work specifics because, uh, it happened a while ago. So I'm not gonna do that. But I'm I'm grateful to be back uh, at home for a little while. Um, and so before we get to our wonderful guest, Leo Shang, yeah uh also known as micah from the l word generation q uh-huh. um lo- so lucky to have him on the podcast it's a great conversation and uh really happy to fully meet him um i wanted to bring up uh this week and again we would love to do the activities but i've as i said i've been working a lot so i hope to do some activities yeah
1: we today. each have topics that we want to talk about i have a little we, note yeah
0: we have some topics
1: and then also i would say my activity is visiting the bathroom this week so okay,
0: sure. But we're gonna do that second. Second, yeah. <laughs> Big old winky face for me. Um, so my thing, my topic is I'm trying to remember exactly how this happened, but it did happen via text. Well, I think it was in the recording of this podcast. I started to have a little radar go up where I was like, Oh, I th- I think Gabe thinks I'm straight. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and then there was like a text exchange where I was like, wait do you think I'm straight? Yes. And you were like, wait, what? You're not? And I was like, no.
1: <laughs> I thought you were straight. I don't know. I because Yeah,
0: which is just funny. to me. So like, what did that mean to you? I'm very curious.
1: I thought that you were a straight trans guy. And so I guess to me, that's like. Which
0: means what? That like I only date cis girls? Is that what you mean?
1: Yeah. Or no, that, or you, does that mean? you only date women. So I don't know, trans women or cis women, whatever. Okay. But just curious. that you are only interested in women or whatever they say, femme-presenting people or whatever it is. I didn't think you had any interest. Uh, I didn't think you had any interest in in cis men in particular, I guess.
0: Oh, cis men in particular. So you thought I was like straight, but also perhaps trans man attracted?
1: Yeah, but I didn't think that you would date a trans guy. I don't know what I thought.
0: What were you basing this on? My camo hats or what?
1: (laughs) Because you're not giving... Uh-huh. You're not, I'm doing a vague voguing gesture. Sure. You're yeah. not giving that. Like I'm like. Which is what? I don't know. You just seem like a, <laughs> like a. like, a, like a... Well, it's a
0: podcast, so we have to talk it out.
1: <laughs> um. You're not. Well, I'm really going back to like the 90s. You're not super swishy. Like you're uh-huh. very like.
0: You... I'm not effeminate is what you're saying. No, I don't you're have... like a
1: guy's yeah. guy doing guy stuff.
0: Sure. Yeah. So it's just funny that that then translates to straight for you.
1: Yeah, I never thought about it. I guess I, I guess I, I know that people's sexualities fluctuate on testosterone, but I just, and I, and then I think, and I don't know if this is true, but then you have sort of been like, no, I was kind of always bi in yeah. my head. So it's
0: not, it's not really a, I, it's I, not I think from that, testosterone
1: is what I'm saying.
0: Well, it's not. I think there's some people that take testosterone and then all of a sudden mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're like attracted to masculinity, specifically masculinity in cis men. Mm-hmm. But that was not the case for me. It did allow me to reconnect to that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in a way that I hadn't before, and I think it was part of it. Yeah. Um, but like I've I've always been attracted to men. That's wild that. to me because when I say men, specifically in this conversation, I'm not. I am. That is an inclusive term of cis and Trans and you know non-binary. Whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Wow. When I say that word in this conversation in this moment.
1: So you're just like like a like a sporty guy, and you're like, cause you sent me a picture of like your type.
0: I mean, it's one of my types. I don't think I could pull that type. I mean, he's like just like a total I,
1: I think you could I'm very
0: attracted to here's what's here's why I'm attracted to that guy. That guy was like very muscly and whatever. I was kind of having fun. It's not the like muscles in the gym, it's actually the mustache. <laughs> Like I totally Mm -hmm. have a thing for like the 70s, like gay dude, but also straight dude, like a lot of straight men now are kind of doing a 70s gay man look, Yeah, (laughs) you know, specifically in sports, you know, I'm very like sports attractive. Yes.
1: So it wasn't to me, it wasn't the muscles. It was that they were all baseball players and they all had mustaches.
0: Sure, yeah, that's a thing for me specifically. So
1: I was like, of course that's Rivers type. That makes total sense. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I just, you know, I also, when I, the 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 women, quote unquote, uh, that I've dated are not, I wouldn't, I, there's maybe one that I would put even close to like a femme category sure. if that's a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I'm not very like, polarized i guess in my attraction anyway right like i'm i've always kind of been attracted to a sort of we used to have this term that i would love for it to come back which is gender fuckage
1: yes (laughs) yes i
0: miss miss that one i haven't heard that one in a while so i've just kind of always and like i said i'm like sport i'm like sporty like i like sporty people regardless of their you know what their gender or their whatever sex it even is you know like so that's kind of part of it for me too I'm gonna know?
1: put on Instagram the pictures that you sent me of these men <laughs> so that people can get a vibe
0: yeah I mean anybody listening that's like into baseball I'm like so attracted to Spencer Strider who pitches for Atlanta wow. like he's just like my and and then I remember when I was a kid so I grew up watching the Atlanta baseball team and this was in the early 90s and there was a uh they they made a run in the playoffs where like the you know it was one of those You know, the the most unlikely old player, like, makes it around third and scores, and they go to the next thing. And he was this, like, probably 37-year-old dude Mm -hmm. with a big old mustache, and he was my favorite player. And and before that, I got, like, a a 1988 team photo of the Cleveland baseball team, and my favorite player was Corey Snyder, and he had a big old mustache.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, I just,
0: I just, I don't know. Like, I remember, do you know Brian Anderson, the skateboarder? He was like one of the first there's now like there's a lot of queerness in skateboarding, but this was only a couple years ago, but like cis men in skateboarding were not like out. It was just not really a thing. Mm -hmm. And he was like the first pro skateboarder to just fully be out and out and out. And it was just a couple years ago. And I remember watching the interview and he talked about like being a kid and watching, uh, uh, Popeye, and he was like, <laughs> Bluto came on screen, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" And it's like that kind of a thing where it's just like this. That's what I, you know, whatever. I just saw the mustache and was like, "This is what." And I there was like no one in my life, yeah, that had a mustache, so it was it was very much my own thing.
1: <laughs> we are two very different bisexuals. This is truly why we're doing this podcast. I was attracted to <laughs> Niles from Frasier. <laughs>
0: Oh, wow. I wanted a little. I do have a nerd thing, but I don't have a milquetoast thing.
1: Just like a little effeminate, like. Sure. Uh, like.
0: See, I'm more of a James Spader guy in that sort of a realm. Like, James Spader, I was always like,
1: oh,
0: he really <laughs> did it for me and scared the shit out of me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't know why I assumed that you were straight. I'm so sorry. It's okay.
0: Wow. It happens to the best of us. There's also nothing wrong with being straight, you know? No, there is. <laughs> so what's your bathroom problem?
1: I have some bones to pick with men in the restroom. Okay. okay? All right. One, you guys don't lock the door. So.
0: Oh, yeah, they don't do so that.
1: So you're standing up to pee. Your door's not locked, so it's cracked open a little bit. I go to use the stall. I push it. It hits their back. They go, hey, man, dude, why didn't you lock mm-hmm. the fucking door? Yeah. Why don't they lock the door? And they go, "Well, we don't lock the door unless we're shitting." So then you don't get to yell at yeah. me when I bang the door <laughs> against your back because I don't understand what's happening. Why are you not yeah. locking the door when you are pissing?
0: Do you want me to answer? Yes, I don't please. have Please. An you don't have an I answer. I don't have an answer. Well, I mean, my answer is just they don't have to, so they don't do it. What are you it.
1: talking about they don't have to? <laughs> what do you mean they don't have to? What do
0: you mean they don't have What do you mean? What do you mean they don't have to? They don't have to.
1: Yes, they do because I'm hitting them with the door.
0: Well, don't th- don't hit the door. Look underneath the thing. Okay,
1: that's what my boyfriend said. Look under the thing. <laughs> I mean, that's what or I Or do. do it very lightly.
0: Yeah, I don't push the door. I here's the thing. I didn't push the door in the other bathroom either because it's too stressful.
1: Well, if you're a woman, I guess maybe it's too stressful for you.
0: It was too stressful for me because if I did something and I caused any sort of attraction to myself in that space, it. it was going to be a problem. So I always – and here's the other thing. I would always have to get the perfect amount of looking underneath so I didn't look like I was looking underneath. Got it. <laughs> so, like, I just – from – from the moment I get into the bathroom, if possible, I look underneath from the beginning.
1: No, I'm just swinging doors though because if the doors, well,
0: yeah, don't swing the doors. Well, if The
1: door in a women's room, their door is locked.
0: But it's not a women's room.
1: I know, so but I just didn't think <laughs> about it, and it never occurred. I know, and I thought that's weird that that one guy didn't lock the door. What a fucking freak! And then now I'm in the men's room all the time. Nobody's locking the door. I'm. Oh the well, yeah, freak. they don't.
0: They don't lock the door because they don't need privacy.
1: Well, they're very mad when I hit them with the door. So I guess they do need privacy. Welcome to America. Unbelievable. (laughs) And then then the other thing is that the floor is sticky. Why are you not, do you not have control over where things are going? Or do you just not care? Have you not? (laughs) What? (laughs) What do you, what? They're pissing on the floor, River.
0: Yeah, it goes everywhere.
1: That's insane.
0: Do you not use like a stand to pee or anything like that? No. Okay. Cause I used one the other day and I had shorts on. I was like, wow, this really goes everywhere.
1: Yeah. I did it <laughs> even once. Even when you're even
0: when you're not trying, even when you're accurate, it still goes everywhere. There's just like a light misting of pee all over the place.
1: I look so disgusted right now for those <laughs> I did I used it she uh, a Shiwi quote unquote once in a BuzzFeed video famously oh. and I went back and uh-huh. watched that video and all the other women in the video are like I'm like nervous to use this and I out loud with my cis girl mouth said I've been waiting for this my whole life
0: sure yeah was it a cis girl mouth I don't know
1: so. and that was like 2014 <laughs> girl yeah okay so then here's my other thing this is yeah. the other thing that happened that I uh I, my friends were like are you okay but I was like no I'm telling you this in a positive way which is I went to the bathroom at Mickey's WeHo, and there's a line for the stall, and then the people are just coming and going in the urinals. And there's like a bathroom attendant, and I'm waiting for the stall, but it's like very crowded. And he yelled at me and was like, "Use the urinal," and I was like, "Be that I could, sir." Mm-hmm. Um. And so he was like, "You're holding up traffic. Use the urinal." And then I like went back to my friends, and I was like, "I just got yelled at to use the urinal," and they were like, uh-huh. "Are you okay?" And I was like, "No, we sh- <laughs> were around a round of shots for everyone. This is a great day uh-huh. for me." So. Yeah. Just saying, if you're a bathroom attendant, you don't know what people need to do.
0: Yeah, you really don't.
1: So that's been my experiences in the men's room. If you are a man and you um and you are thinking, should I lock the door to pee? My answer is yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I- I'm like, why not just lock the door? It cuts down on a lot of problems. But I'm also just like, they just don't do it because they've never done it. Well, don't, <laughs> so don't scream
1: at me. I'm very small. Doing. And don't <laughs> scream at me when I hit the door on your butt. That's my PSA. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, all the all the cis guys who don't lock the door are probably listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> in airports across America, they have stopped doing, they will start locking the door. Yeah,
1: and I guess if you have a mustache, River's interested in just- yeah, hit me up. Hit, them, hit, hit him with like a dating profile or like just some words <laughs> about like, you know, uh, sort of your credentials on the baseball diamond. Diamond? Yeah,
0: you got yeah. it. You got it. Also, just to say like, I'm also like not dating a cis person now, right? You know exactly. What I mean? So like, it's not really. There's also that,
1: right? That's true. Well, <laughs> I forgot to put that in there. <laughs> we will put that in there. And if you want to <laughs> yeah. tell us either of these things, um, you can email us at thenewguyspodcast at gmail.com. Oh yeah, we have an we email. Have an email address. We
0: should start doing like a uh, maybe we do like a little like an advice or ask us or something like that. I don't like to give advice, but I like to share experience with people. So yeah, if ask us that, stuff. Give us a give us a ring. Pick up your landline phone and call us at thenewguys at gmail.com.
1: No, The New Guys Podcast.
0: Oh, yeah, my bad. The TheNewGuysPodcast at gmail.com.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, up next, we have an interview with Leo Shang. <laughs> it's
0: really wonderful. I can't wait for you all to listen to it. So uh, thanks for tuning in.
1: This episode is sponsored by Pansy Aesthetics. Pansy Aesthetics is an L.A.-based, black and queer-owned and operated aesthetic studio founded by Leola Lula, a.k.a. The Les Edition.
0: Pansy caters specifically to the LGBTQ communities and allies. All ages, bodies, skin types, genders, or lack thereof, and concerns are welcome.
1: Leola specializes in top surgery and FFS post-op scar care, acne management, restorative skin care, chemical peels, hydrofacial, and more. I went to Leola... Uh, to have my chest scars from my double incision and top surgery soothed. And it was incredible. She did like 30 minutes of creams and rubbing and scar massage. Um, And literally like the next week I was in Palm Springs with some friends and they were like, how many times did you see the anesthetician? And I was like, just once. And they were like, it looks incredible. The scars faded a little bit. And she's like truly taken care of so many people in the trans community Uh, You you probably have even heard of her. I also did a regular facial with her on my face, and it was incredible.
0: Pansy is a proud supporter of The New Guys, and all listeners of The New Guys receive a 15% discount. So enter code TKG15 at checkout to get your discount.
1: Hello, and welcome to The New Guys. Leo Shang, can you tell the audience who you are and what you do?
2: Uh, yeah, my name is Leo Shang. I use the him pronouns. I am an actor, uh, advocate. I was on, uh, the L Generation Q for three seasons and I played Michael Lee.
1: Okay, so I usually let the people tell me who they are because I want to hear what they think they, they do.
0: <laughs> Fair. Yeah, well, yeah, we're, sa- we're saying it that way because we, this is our take two of our intro mm-hmm. with the wonderful Leo Shang <laughs> where I laughed a lot. In the first one so, so that's I. why Gabe is we both that. That I, I just had a great time i just forgot that that's the way that you do it and it surprised <laughs> me and i laughed well <laughs> so that's
1: all. because i feel like like leo like what did you you know what do you consider yourself like foremost that is a great question i mean like i i was tempted to answer your question with like
2: who who am i like counter it with <laughs> i right. don't know who i am no um i mean my my you my like professional i think identity career has changed so much over the last like five years. I started um, like a version of community organizing and community work when I was in high school. Um, mm. I uh, was working in, um, well, it was this youth group in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and we would go to schools and like perform this play that was based on um, survey uh, responses from school students in schools across Michigan. Uh, and it was talking about identity and school climate. And so we would go to those schools and perform them. It's a long way to answer your question.
1: Wait, I have so many questions about what you're saying.
2: I know. Would you want to, what, do, does it making sense so far?
1: <laughs> it does. But what do you yeah. mean? Like who's filling out the survey and what are they yes. saying?
2: So this group in Ann Arbor, uh, there's, this, there's this group called the Neutral Zone. It's a youth organization. And uh, there are programs that are primarily youth led with like adult advisors. And I was part of a group called Riot Youth and it was for specifically queer youth. Um, across Michigan, primarily Southeast Michigan, but like we had people from all over Michigan coming. Um, And the generation before me, uh, students designed and disseminated this climate survey um, and students filled it out. And it wasn't only on like a queer identity, it was various identities. um, And they took the results, the the responses and put it into a play format. And they would go, we would go called it Gay Rilla Theater. And perform mm-hmm. it uh, for students but also um school administrators and and uh, uh staff teachers uh, with the hope of both educating on what students are saying their experiences are to to create a better climate um but also sometimes for policy change uh there was uh when i was there um there was a school district that was deciding whether or not to put sexual orientation gender identity and gender expression into their anti-discrimination policy um mm. And so we would take those that play around different schools. So that kind of was my uh, foray into uh, community organizing and and performance in a way and um, community building. Uh, And I continued doing um, community work through high school and uh, college. So for a long time, I just considered myself community organizer, activist, advocate. And then I got into acting. And I think my primary professional identity right now is actor mm. uh, but i still include advocate uh and activist uh, and community you know building tendencies <laughs> in <laughs> my in my descriptors uh but it feels very relative right now i think it really depends on the space but primarily in this moment in time actor
1: okay this is so interesting to me this like <laughs> these like plays so like what mm-hmm. what was the play like being like hey this is a bullying situation that happened and then <laughs> like and how would the kids react to them
2: yeah i mean not no uh, the the play uh, gosh you know i'm trying to I, I i there was there were different parts there was basically there were scenarios that were either based on real experiences or kind of like adapted from those experiences that were um uh, reported and there were also like there was like a dictionary scene where like we would go through like the different letters and, you know lgbtq umbrella and give a definition of them uh i always read the t first for transgender uh oh, <laughs> wonder yeah. why i was out then <laughs> it made sense but uh it, 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 so <laughs> and yeah and it was it was the same generally the same material if i'm remembering correctly and if anyone i knew then who also participated watches this i hope they would also feel free to tweet or post about any corrections um but yeah, it, it was really fun. Uh, we, and we even did uh, it the, at the state capitol, Lansing, one year, um, Lansing, Michigan, like in the rotunda of the, <laughs> the capitol. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so it was, it, I mean, it really was uh, uh, our way of action.
0: And you, you're, you were in high school when you were doing this.
2: I joined the group when I was twelve on a trial basis. It was meant for wow. high schoolers. Yeah, it was meant for high schoolers. They'd only ever had high schoolers, and they're were like, "We're gonna try and let middle schoolers join because also, like, middle nice. schoolers also need community."
0: Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent.
2: And then I became a one of the youth facilitators, and I was there for about three years. Um, and then I moved on to another, you know, youth program that kind of looked at all identities as a whole in a more uh, they, at the time uh, we were using, you know, and still is, but like intersectional lens of like. How do our various privileges and our various oppressed identities, marginalized identities coincide? Um uh, mm-hmm. but similar, similar stuff going to schools, facilitating workshops and dialogues and students, uh, on their experiences, you know, asking them what kind of identities they hold and how that impacts their everyday experience in school.
0: That's very
1: cool. That's so cool to me. Wait, how you were out when you were twelve?
2: I came out at twelve. Yeah. I I um through a very long series of events i realized that 12 i was trans and um it was about a, about a year of like a, a solid year of kind of going in and out of the closet around my gender identity <laughs> knowing i was definitely queer not knowing not using that language at the time and about by the time i was in ninth grade i was uh well eighth end of eighth grade no sorry eighth grade and then ninth grade fully living as a as a boy as leo
0: wow May I ask what year that
2: was?
1: Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this, is, this is okay. This is going to be a tangent answer to that question. it was. Uh, I came out at 2000. So I was 12. So 2008. Um, and hey! <laughs> when I think about, you know, I always, wow. I always for the longest time was like, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I was young. But then I think about like Jazz Jennings, who was like two or, mm. you know, however old she was. And she realized, and I think like what gets lost in, this, in the conversations I've had before is. It's so quick. I think. Oh God, this is such a tangent.
1: No, do it, do it, do it. That's what we want.
2: I I was talking to somebody the other day who is relatively older than I am, um, and we were talking about this disconnect across generations of queerness, mm-hmm. like queer folks who have survived so much, and you know, and younger queer folks in this like desire to bridge these communities, but also this tendency to have this resistance and sometimes not really hear each other. And I find myself as a younger millennial cusp Gen Zer. I was 12. I look at it like I was 12. I had a lot of uh, I had a level of there was a level of openness in the mainstream conversation that didn't exist for sure. Even just a few years before that. And it was still like I was still out at a time where even if I hadn't lived, you know, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, not realizing who I was fully, I still very much remember that time politically. Mm-hmm. So like, even mm-hmm. though I wasn't necessarily in spaces that like was, were rife with transphobia, I remember being adjacent to them and I remember the conversations online. And so it's like, I wasn't an adult. I didn't have those ex- lived experiences, but I also like very much remember like the, that even though I had more, it's still so relative. Cause like when I look at 12 totally. years now, I'm like, that's not like, that's different too.
0: Mm-hmm. So right. I
2: I look, whenever I think about how old I was in the the time and place, I I kind of, grew up in when i came out and it feels so relative to what's just like Mm -hmm. what changes and what experience means
0: yeah i mean i think that leo you put it very um succinctly i mean that i think that is the the thing that gets lost when people intergenerationally uh when there is the the issue Mm -hmm. you know or Mm -hmm. static or whatever where it's like we are we are forgetting each other's place in each other's time you know mm. like that mm. because like i don't think that i don't think that 12 is young i don't think because you know what i mean like i think it's i think mm-hmm. it is your experience i i was just surprised that you were 12 in 2008 sure <laughs> <That's all. laughs> sure sure, sure. at no, the same it time it's like, like yes of, of course i just like <laughs> yeah no no i didn't think so because like i i mean i knew when i was like four you know mm. what i mean but i didn't have how could you yeah the world is not set up, e- even as the world continues to be set up, like you make a great point, which is like, mm-hmm. it continues to be set up, but it continues to still be the world. Mm-hmm. So it's like every person's experience is different and very dependent upon their place and time and yeah. a lot of things, you know? Wow, yeah. well, I was 31.
1: So. Uh so i feel what? like yeah like I, I i was 31 when i was like i'm trans and even then oh i
2: think you, meant you were 31 in 2008 i was like no no no, way. no. <laughs> yeah. can you
1: imagine my skin um no i was 31 when i fit like but even even having mm-hmm. like the modern or sort of like oh there are trans people more in the the zeitgeist mm-hmm. or whatever 2008 i could not even i don't think i could name a trans person so like truly mm. uh, uh wild to me like that you were so young and that you just I mean I guess I ask this fucking every episode but I'm just like how
2: <laughs> like how did I know
1: how how and like and like how did you, how did you just like have the the mm-hmm. the idea of being like I'll just do this
2: oh you know that is a great question and it's uh I mean I I, I was always a tomboy I was always a tomboy you know Again, another relative term, I, I, it varies, but I was always Indian. more leaning to the masculine, athletic, not that those two are necessarily the same thing, but the things that were considered not as feminine, like the Barbies I had, like was, was a swimmer. Like I didn't have like dress me up Barbie kind of thing.
0: <laughs> I had a bunch of the boys. Oh. Like my favorite Barbie was Derek from Barbie and the Rockers.
1: Derek.
2: <laughs> I don't know who... To be honest, I had one barbie. I know. It's I'm very old. <laughs> but um it's so funny to like think back because I when I was like, you know, did my parents secretly know? My my grandmother did. One of my I have two moms. One of my moms, her mom, who uh experienced like dementia and Alzheimer's, so uh, would watch she watched me as like a kid and she told my mom I ran like a boy. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah. like uh but how did I know? Um I so I was twelve. There's a lot of stuff going on in my family at the time. And I started going to therapy, mm-hmm. which I've been in mm-hmm. for the last 15 years. Love it. Highly recommend if you can access it. It needs to be more accessible. Um, and at, I was just talking and I was just saying, I remember actually very clearly saying this out loud. Like, at, so this is this a very parallel to my experience with like my racial identity is I was adopted. And so one of my moms is white. My other mom is sometimes white perceived, not always. Um, and, but growing up, I would forget i wasn't white until i looked in the mirror mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there was a point where i was starting to realize that about my gender i would forget that i was not a girl mm-hmm. until <laughs> i looked in the mirror which again as we know but have, this is all very relative relative 2008 language not having the same distinction between how someone looks how someone identifies sure I want to keep that in mind <laughs> <laughs> um so even though i was wearing like masculine clothing and I, I i it was it was still this kind of disconnect i think and I also was living uh, when my mom I was living like a child of divorce my mom and her previous partner had split up and I was going back and forth and my mom was way more like open and letting me experience gender and playing with clothing the other guardian was not and so it was a very like yes and no you're allowed to do this you're not allowed to do this kind of thing so I think that definitely talked with me for a bit Mm. Um, there was a point then at 12 the guardian was much had a smaller role in my life and I was in the therapy session and I remember saying yeah. I have to remind myself I'm a girl. Like I have to look like it happens in the mirror and she's like transgender, which I think, and I and I want to say this caveat. She knew. I also think that was at a time when we weren't. And I, I want to preface this because if anyone hears this and they're like, Oh my God, like the therapist made you trans. No, 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 no. She knew. I think we didn't have at the time mainstream or in, in the provider world, a better blueprint to how to navigate oh, for sure. youth coming out. So I I learned about top surgery and T and I was like, Oh my God, yes. This is what I've been waiting for and looking for. It all made sense. You know, we had a session with my mom and she was like, Whoa, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and that's, so there was, there was a, there was a period of time where I, I was, we were trying and it just got to be too much. And I, I think that, um, because we didn't have as much information as we do now, which we could always still have more. hmm it just felt very scary and very overwhelming and so i sort of went back in and i was like okay okay i'll just live like really butch like like lesbian life like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. cool 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 can <laughs> do that i couldn't because I, w- I wasn't a lesbian i was like i like i don't like this these people as this person yeah <laughs> right
1: say more about yeah. that say more about that
2: i was like lesbian doesn't work because i'm like okay at the time also very attracted to girls and i was like but I don't feel like a girl attracted to girls. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like that doesn't, that word doesn't make sense for me, but I knew, like, I knew I was not straight. I knew I was not this. I just like, I got to a point where I just, I really did actually reach depression because I wasn't able to live most authentically. And then finally came back, you know, within the, within that six months, I was like to my mom and my moms, my two moms, uh, her her partner who came when I was five, my mom, uh, I was like, "I, I, this is, I have to, I have to. I can't not. Um, and they're mm-hmm. like, all right, okay, we're gonna do this. And I started seeing a different therapist who was a little better at the pacing and maybe a little less overexcited, <laughs> had a little more knowledge.
0: A little uh, less checklisty.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which again, though, like I don't I don't actually harbor any bad feelings for that therapist. I think yeah. that it could have been handled differently, sure, but that's so much mm-hmm. part of my journey and actually verbalizing it. Um, I started seeing a ther- I was seeing a regular, like a non-gender specific. Therapist, and then ge- therapist who's uh, specialized in gender identity. And I just, I was like, "All right, this is that's." I finally got to, I finally got to experience what it was like to to not fight um, mm. all these 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 instincts, these urges, mm. these desires. And I mean, I gotta say, like I say this all the time, Max was instrumental in my journey to oh, yeah. to on the L word for better for worse. Max was a key part of that.
0: Well yeah I feel like there's so many (laughs) so many things I want to talk about in there but because you brought up the max part of that like what what was your experience (laughs) like of that you know and then and then please please uh tell us what it was like to then get to be on screen with that character and then also Mm -hmm. Daniel is a is a good 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 friend of mine literally one of the
2: sweetest people I've ever met
0: I I mean yes just like an angel among us you know so like I, I would love to hear because i i, I also ha- have a similar experience with max and like mm-hmm. it i think because i was older because mm-hmm. i was perhaps privy to even more of the transphobia that that character was sort of a crescendo of if that makes sense mm-hmm. that there was a point where i was like i cannot i cannot inter i can't i can't like be around this anymore you know like i didn't even it was like a subconscious thing where i was just kind of like okay Mm -hmm. you know um so i would love to hear that about that experience because i and i also want to circle back to the Mm -hmm. i I really related to what you said which is like i i i am not i'm not straight but Mm -hmm. i am attracted to you i am Mm -hmm. not attracted to you as a woman you Mm -hmm. are as a woman but not me as a woman Mm -hmm. we'll come back to that
2: (laughs) Okay, we'll come back okay. to it. So, so the bullet point: Max then <laughs> lesbian. Okay, yeah. cool, cool.
0: that's right. Yep, Max then lesbian. <laughs>
2: uh, so yeah, I mean, okay. So my I first stumbled across the L word at around the time I was maybe within a f- couple months of coming out, um, and that Guardian having a, a less of a role in my life. I was on YouTube, and I genuinely cannot tell you how I came across the L word. I have no freaking uh-huh. idea. I I just knew immediately I should not have been watching it, which is again relative, <laughs> because what is what is considered appropriate, but I was like, Oh my gosh. Um, and then one of the, That was back when YouTube only allowed you to upload things for like a minute and a half Mm -hmm. or two before, you know, now they have full episodes of things, 30, 40 minute, hour long. Anyway.
0: um (laughs) So you were watching the L word in minute increments?
1: Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. (laughs) Same. (laughs) I used to have to download it off of LimeWire.
1: Queer as Folk! (laughs) Queer as Folk! I was downloading Queer as Folk off of LimeWire. Are you kidding me? Oh my god. I think I watched Queer as Folk
2: on YouTube or some other copyright infringement place, you know? Oh yeah.
1: Totally, Um yes.
0: (laughs) We do what we can. (laughs)
2: yeah uh so i i don't remember where in my cycle of l word max came in but i distinctly remember the scene of him sitting this woman down he's dating in a restaurant and telling her he's trans and she gets up she says you're disgusting and she leaves and i don't but the wild thing is I didn't know I was trans then. So I'm not mm-hmm. watching this relating to it. I'm just like, Oh, that's so sad. And it never really seeped into my mind that like, Oh, that's the life I would lead. Like it was more just like watching kind of very, very, very distant from it. I'm un, un, uh, not, you know, not relating to it at all going, Oh, that's so sad. But again, not connecting like, Oh, if that's the life I lead, that's what's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Which I know though, for many people was like, Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Can't do that now. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it was around, it was actually, so that would have been 2008, 2009. So, the last season when Max got pregnant, too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. <laughs> and I think, again, those were just what I was seeing in clips on YouTube. Um, and I think that is what I later referred to or had reference to when I did come out, but still not making that connection of, there sh- therefore, I should be afraid to be trans.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Thank God. I know that happened I, to a I, lot of other probably people. Probably one of the
2: like only three people who ever felt that way, right? Um, yeah, They're that. The older I got, the more I realized, wow, they really did max thirty. Like they really. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, the older I'm, still getting, and my understanding of how this industry works and how it, was is very much to the, like just scratching the surface. Like mm-hmm. I've only been acting for pandemic not included, maybe three years, mm-hmm. four years. Mm-hmm on primarily the L word. And it's a—it's not your typical set and it's not how most sets are in terms of the uh, inclusion and intentional hiring process. That having grown up with two moms and being in various spaces, I can't say that those were all the spaces, like it, it was mirroring the spaces I grew up in. Like, I can't say that like, oh yeah, all, I mean, and I would never say like all the lesbians I grew up with were also like this. <laughs> in fact, many of them were not like the L totally. word. Totally. In Michigan, Midwest. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I still have yet to meet that many lesbians that are like the the first go round of um, mm-hmm. the thing.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I stay away if I see them. Oh my god! Well, yeah. Like you will not. I I'm suspicious. I see them. I saw a, a a parade, a float in the parade, and it was like it had a name where I was like, mm, I'm gonna look this up, and I I'm not feeling. I don't want to say the name, but it was like a name where. Do you know what I mean? In your heart, as a trans guy, <laughs> you see it and you go, Yeah, you're oh, like no. Old. I don't know what the spark is, but I see it and I go, <laughs> they do not like me. <laughs>
2: there's a very strong likelihood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I, I feel like this is okay to answer your question about coming to work with Daniel. I didn't shit myself, but I could have. because yeah. <laughs> yeah, It sure. was one of the most special moments. And there's a line in there that I, we so I don't even know where to begin. They pre preseason three. We did a writers' meeting as we did every season. They were like, if there was some, one character you could see Mike interact with, mm-hmm. who would it be? And I was like, well, fucking Max, of course. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: wow, yeah. How amazing cool. would
2: that be in mm-hmm. this current iteration and version of what these stories were telling? And they're like, all right, well, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna talk to to, to Daniel see if he's want to come back. And I was like, <laughs> and he did. And I like of all the guest stars that we had, I think, and I fanned over like I fanned over Rosie. You know, like who doesn't? Mm-hmm. But I, yeah. th- this was a, I want to say it was a spiritual experience for me, and having M. Weinstein directed as well. Yes, there was a day where we all met together to kind of just go over and see like what does this feel like, what are these words mean, is there anything we want to kind of tweak, and it was one of the most special experiences of filming in those three years. And I think that um, it couldn't have happened without M. And it couldn't have happened without Daniel. Like none, neither of these mm-hmm. things could have happened without each other. Mm-hmm. And Nova, I need to give Nova a massive, massive shout out. Nova Cypress Black wrote, co wrote that episode. Um, They were a staff writer on our season. And um, to have this much trans masculine, like non binary input in this episode, I don't know if I'll ever be as part of anything as special or significant um, personally or professionally. Well, that's a strong statement, but I really don't know.
1: <laughs> I know. I think yeah, Max yeah. talking to Micah is a cultural reset for a lot of us. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: yes. I I mean, we wanted, it just, there were so many things we wanted to do. And there was a line in there also about like, I kind of just tossed in like, there was, originally it was like, Micah, you know, looks like with tears in his eyes, I'm like, I can give you a shot, but I'll, I'll tell you right now, being on T for as long as I've been on T, I don't know how easy that's going to be. I don't know how to access that on command. It's not just being an actor, it's like, a it is a biochemical. <laughs> difference in that way sure, for yeah. me yeah and so we threw that in there like you know it's a little harder to cry now but like this is this that line of this is special and like it for me I don't know how how Daniel I don't want to speak for Daniel for me it felt like he wasn't speaking to me as Micah he was speaking to me as Leo mm. and that's how I took mm. it and so it was just it was I probably could cry I think about it now it was just one of the most <laughs> I, it's, I'm actually due for my shot. <laughs> um, it was <laughs> one of the most incredible, transformative experiences of my life. That's incredible. And I don't think I can speak highly enough about it.
0: I mean, maybe maybe now you have something in the chamber to access for when you need to cry. <laughs> <Then that's>, yes. <laughs> think about It's this experience. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's a really good point. I was like, okay, what do I think about my, my dog that passed away? Like, what do I think about? What do I think about? <laughs> it was just, I think, yeah. And I think uh, a side note to that is, Part of my personal journey through advocacy in, in this industry is I see things a little less black and white. I do think like when yes. we call for for better representation, I don't think the calls for that are wrong. I think that the problem is a lack of transparency and communication between audience members and industry professionals about how it's some. In some ways, it is easy, and in some ways, there are these hurdles that like these bureaucratic hurdles that like I can I could you know I could go and pitch this thing. Sure, I could pitch it, but like, is anyone going to actually mm-hmm. fund it? Is anyone going to want to take that right. chance? And so there's, a, I think, a huge disconnect um, around what it means to ask for better representation. And I do think, I don't think that I feel necessarily like there was an excuse for the way that Max was presented. I also am like, when I hear about that writer's room, like, they, this is what they had access to. This is what they knew. Right. They were writing what they knew. Um, and that's changed. So yeah. that's what I'll say about that <laughs> yeah
1: well I've said before that what was life-changing for me was the sex scene between Alan Cumming and, Daniel. <laughs> and that was sort of that was sort of a big big moment for me personally <laughs> so I wanted to circle back so I think for people listening to this who are trans will feel this and i think it might be something like Mm -hmm. very nuanced that other people might be interested in hearing about is like you know they say like oh well if you're attracted to women just be a lesbian but like can you explain the the and it's hard to explain i know it's so hard to explain to be like you know i was like a a a, quote-unquote hot girl and i it's like okay (laughs) so if you were like thank you so much so like if you're a hot girl it's like why would you
0: i was not
1: yeah 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 I could. Why were oh you? It, why would you transition if you're still gonna date men? Yeah. You know what I mean. So like, can, but I was yeah. like, I don't like men as a hot girl. So like, can you? Ex- can we talk about that a little bit? And like, we can try. It's hard to explain. explain. It's so hard to explain, but I want to try.
0: I I also think too. It's it just to offer this yeah. as as part of the mix of the conversation Please. of talking about it is that well is that you know I think people uh it, it's interesting because. It's it says, you know, talking about being trans is not inherently talking about my sexuality. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I am talking mm-hmm. about my gender experience. However, it does inform mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is connected to my yeah. sexuality. However, it is not in and of itself ah sexuality mm. you know <laughs> which i think is ultimately like what we're kind of talking about and parsing out yes. because not every trans person is then straight you right. know like that's yes and i yeah. think that uh mentality came from you know the sort of i don't know when the dsm started but the early you know this is what they were called sex change operations yep. Yep. you had to prove your straightness your mm-hmm. heterosexuality um, and the, I forget the the trans man activist who he recently passed away Luce who like Sullivan? was like, I am not. Yes, I am not going to yeah. do that. I am gay. Like, <laughs> I, I am gay and I'm trans. Thank you, Lou Sullivan. So anyway, I think all of that yeah. is just sort of uh, in the ether of what we're discussing right now that like, yeah. I think it's important to like, we don't have to not discuss our sexuality, but they're not the same thing. And they get to be informed with each other,
2: you know? Yeah. And I think. The more that I like think about this, too, I find myself almost kind of falling into a trap of our own our, our community's own design a little bit. <laughs> and maybe this is like, a Ooh, tell me that, more that won't be well received. I think, okay, and this, again, a tangent. Uh, I do have adD, so I will happily go on like five thousand word bubbles if you let me. We
1: love it. please do. okay.
2: I, I'm using this as a launching point. I don't know if you've noticed the rise of turfs on Twitter. Uh, primarily from the UK scenes mm-hmm. uh, who call mm-hmm. themselves um, not just gender critical, gender free. Oh, is that it, when did this start? I got off Twitter last year. I'd say 2019 because that's when I got the show. Oh, okay. and I, I had gotten into arguments with people and on Twitter and I was leading it so I could get the show during the casting process because I was afraid it was going like, to hinder my ability to get the role. Um, at the time, and I don't know how it's changed because I also muted a lot of that. Yes. People, people who are identifying as gender-free were calling themselves biological women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These are these are like J.K. Rowling followers. Um, yes, yeah. And saying they don't identify, people who do the traditional cis is a slur, I don't identify as cis. I identify as female. And with the sex I was born as. But I don't identify with like traditional, I think, standards of womanhood.
0: <laughs> I'm like, you go, girl. Like, whatever. You know what I mean? I'm just like, go for it. I don't care. Yeah,
2: and they're like, <laughs> therefore, we should. And then they were both, they were they. They wanted it both ways. They wanted it to be considered in the trans umbrella, but like also don't want trans people in, in like spaces. And I think that what happened in this really messy, 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 messy conversation is unfortunately. And again, this is. I think what happened is in our arguments, a lot of our arguments, we were kind of getting caught in our own argument of like, okay, then what is a man? Well, yeah. What is a woman? Yeah. Because yeah. to be fair, I don't know. I don't think there is a clear answer. And so when we're no. like countering with that they're also countering us with that and i was like oh shit we don't have a unified answer <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. because that's our point <laughs> yeah because that's the point <laughs> and and i think that i don't know again where that conversation is now i don't engage in that because it's just unnecessary stress and it's not my job to like mitigate that
0: yeah and it's it's also you know it's it's playing on their field you know for me i i just have stopped debating things mm-hmm. i do not engage in debate on things that are not debatable Correct. To me. so they can yes. say whatever they want and I know that it's not good, but I can't stop them from that. Right And as as much as I engage with that, I am val- validating it right. mm-hmm. by engaging directly with it. Mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so it's not as though I'm ignoring it, but I'm just like I do not need to give it any energy. Yeah. because I because I it, by engaging in it, and I think what you're saying, the community engaging in it, it's like, oh, no, now we're saying the same thing back right. at each other., yeah. this is not a debatable thing. Right.
2: <laughs> you know? Like yes. I just
0: don't debate things that aren't up for debate
2: exactly. Like why, Period. Why not so, you know protect your energy, protect your peace? Yeah. Protect, yes, like invest in the things that will bring you joy and growth and like health. um I say I say that preemptively to say, or that the um prelogue, prologue. I said as a (laughs) prologue to, uh, it was before something Latin. Um, (laughs) I said as a prologue to what I think this conversation is around, like, not like knowing who I'm attracted to, but also knowing who I'm attracted to as, also brings a question. At the end of the day, the question is, what is a man and what is a woman? And I Mm -hmm. think, like, what does it mean to feel like a man? What does it mean to feel like a woman? What does it mean to feel like neither? Um, And I think the important thing is, is it's is it okay to not actually have a clear definition? Because then by defining it, we're still like continuing the cycle. Mm-hmm. Like it's yes. like identify with these things that I've been told are masculine and therefore manly, but I also don't believe that those are the traits of men. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all I knew was I didn't identify with the way I was told and taught womanhood existed. And I also knew that my body didn't align with that. So it was actually like a lot of things, mm-hmm. but I do think that at the end of the day, the bigger question is, and the, the question that can scare cis people is, what is gender?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, what does it mean to be a man outside of like you know testosterone and like these biochemical, like biological, you know, differences? But like we, none of us can. Def- I mean, we can all have our own definitions, but there is no one set definition, and I think that's both great and 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 what scares them.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I also think often about this is kind of circling back. It's it's the circling back of things like mm-hmm. I, I remember growing up and being raised by a mom who was like feminist in the way that she talked a lot about double standards. Mm-hmm. Like It didn't really mm-hmm. go very much further than that. <laughs> um, and like, God, you know, bless her heart because uh, it could have been different. <laughs> but um, sure. So I remember hearing a lot about, you know, like, you know how for a long time the word man meant people. It meant everybody. It didn't mean men.
1: Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now,
0: Obviously, I know that that is goes short, calls is short, but if the intention was that was the word that meant everybody mm. and we didn't have the word woman, the word woman was invented, it became the other, then therefore now we have an other. I say that all to say, well, the first one was invented also. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they're all words and they're all to describe. People, you know, Mm -hmm. people, each one, all of them is to describe people. And so that's where I try to stay at. And like, I don't know if this is making sense, but I try to stay in a a way more open space of like, when I see the word man, what I read it as a more expansive version. Mm -hmm. And when I see the word woman, I read it as a more expansive version and also go, is this othering? You know what I mean? It's like, it is in in and of itself othering that it's like, well, this was the, essential word and now we made up another one mm. for this other thing, you know? And mm. so it's it's such a I, I don't know, like never answer the question, I guess is the point. Yeah. You right. know no, I guess no that's answer. what we're all here for. There is no answer. Well, there's as many answers as there are people. Yes, I guess exactly. is the way yeah. that I try to yes. look at it.
1: I mean, because I do feel like my I did think like thinking about my attraction to men when I was like presenting as a woman, I think was gay and i don't know how to explain that Mm -hmm. but like Mm -hmm. my like attraction to to guys was felt very much like and i didn't know you could be trans really or that i could be trans or that that's what trans Mm. anything like that but i was like my attraction to these people is very gay and like one of my Mm -hmm. like (laughs) big experiences i was dating a guy who's uh bisexual and he and i Like, this is what, I don't know, TMI, it's a podcast. We went to, like, (laughs) a sex party, and I felt like, oh, I felt like because of the freeness that, like, I perceived gay men to have in in their sexuality, Mm. I was, like, it felt like a male experience to me in a weird way. Even Mm. though I was there as Mm. a woman, because I was, like, and looking back on that relationship, I was, like, oh, that, to me, was so freeing because this person was very, like, sexually adventurous or whatever in a way that, like, I Mm. perceived like, gay or queer men to be. And so then I felt like I was a queer man in that relationship. Mm. And this is, and mm. then, like, so it it is very different for me. And I don't sometimes mm. know how to explain that, but I do hear other trans people say, you know, other trans people who are, like, gay trans people say, like, Yeah, I just I was attracted, you know, like my friend who is a a trans woman lesbian, like I was she says like she was attracted to women as a woman or like, you Mm. know, I was attracted to men as a man. And like, I don't know how to explain that subtlety (laughs) difference, Mm. but it's like it's there and it exists and I hear it from a lot of people and then people say, oh, well, I don't want to. Like they don't know that that's transness. Does that make sense? Like they feel like mm. they feel like oh I'm a bad person or I'm a fetishizer or right. I'm wrong or something. <laughs> right. They don't realize that that is that attraction piece of it could also be transness. So I want people to yeah. hear that. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's a great that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. And it it sounds like it's obviously a common enough experience. Yeah. And like we did to talk about it that hopefully, yes, resonates with folks who are like, what's going on with me? Right. (laughs) What's happening? What am I feeling?
0: I had this experience of like, you know, coming out as like queer as a lesbian and feeling very freed by that. being like, well, this explains a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) but then being like, then sort of stepping into that experience and and this is through other people that like somehow the the relationships and attraction to men that cisgender men that I did have were bad exactly or wrong mm. or it was negated or like oh that was traumatic and it's like no yeah. it actually I mean I had one bad relationship but that it could have been with anybody <laughs> and it wasn't because it was a man you know what I mean mm-hmm. but um so then sort of stepping into what we're talking about and go like going like oh no that was actually like just part of the whole thing Mm -hmm. you know and i'm actually like i was attracted to them as a man and Mm -hmm. i don't know how they were attracted to me that's their business (laughs) you know
1: but like i always wonder that (laughs) yeah and
0: i'll probably never know it's just like cool you were attracted to me don't care um (laughs) into it you know whatever uh but it's been very freeing and like very expansive to be like oh i actually don't I don't have to like throw anything out, yeah. you know, I c- it can actually be yeah. all part of the experience, you know?
1: I mean, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause it just makes, I feel like it's a yeah. thing a lot of people it would be like, wait, what is, what does he mean that he was attracted <laughs> yeah. to women, but yeah, not like, as I, a woman, you know?
2: Right. And I
1: think, I mean, when I think
2: about it too, like part of it was being younger and I don't know, it's, I think it's a complete com- combination of things of like being younger. When you're younger, when you're 12, you can't imagine yourself as an adult, but I could not imagine myself as an adult woman. Um, I also think maybe my adoption probably had a role to play because I don't have people who look like me in my family, so I had no concept of what I would look like older. Mm. So I think it was a, another example of also the many identities and the many experiences that all really do kind of melt together. And it's like there's no one cause. There's no one reason, but there's this is the result. And this is what I'm realizing about myself and, and the, the life I am supposed to be in.
1: Can you say more about, about that, about like not seeing yourself as an adult and, or especially not seeing yourself as an adult woman?
2: Yeah. I mean, again, part of it be, because I didn't, because I think, I think, and I'm kind of just thinking about this now, actually, I think I, so I was adopted when I was an infant. I was six months old. Um, and, uh, I grew up in Michigan and, um, my family just didn't look like me and that's i know that's like not necessarily you know only relegated to folks who are adopted there are a lot of folks who maybe don't look like their family who Hmm. are they are genetically related to um for many reasons and i think it can be really hard to not see someone not see yourself reflected back at you uh in your immediate family and i think that because i didn't have that reference because i don't i didn't know like oh i have this aunt or this uncle or this cousin who's 20 years old and like, we share this DNA. So maybe that's a glimpse into what, how I might look Mm -hmm. uh, when I'm 20. Um, Just the idea of of, like, I had no concept of what I would look like uh, in the future. And so that includes my gender. That includes who I would be with if I would you know, be with anybody. I mean, I always, even though I grew up in a very, you know, quote, at the time it's called non-traditional household, I still had very, like, heteronormative ideas of what I would, or, you know, some somewhat heteronormative ideas. I was like, I'm going to get married, I'm going to have kids and have, like, this nice house, regardless of how I identified, I've always thought that. Um, less so now. <laughs> 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 That's kind of melted away now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think it was really just, um, I think it's a, there was a confluence of many identity I think uh, not crises mm-hmm. when I was twelve, but just questions of, of mm-hmm. who who I was. And again, I think I, right now I can't picture myself at sixty, but it's I can I know that I'll be a sixty year old man at some point. Like that's clear, <laughs> right? And I have more of a reference to mm-hmm. just the possibilities. Um, but yeah, I, I did. I just I had no nothing to go off of, no map, no blueprint um, mm-hmm. for what my future would look like physically, emotionally.
1: I think that'll be really relatable to a lot of people.
0: I think also like just generally as not to negate any of the specifics of your experience, mm-hmm. Leo, but I think also to find the similarities is like, I feel like as trans people, we don't have that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's like, uh, I think a gift of the experience, you know, and mm-hmm. and how what uh, we offer to the world that like we get to just like. Find our own way, and that Mm -hmm. like actually anybody can, Mm -hmm. and actually it's a lot better. Yeah,
1: you Mm
2: -hmm.
0: know, or it's it's different. It's at least different, and it's like more fun, and you don't have to worry about things as much. I guess eventually, but
1: it's also (laughs) lovely that you had two. I mean, hard, but also like that you had two instances where you could go. You found within yourself the ability to be like, "No, I'll figure this out." Like that's really beautiful. I think. Oh wait, wait. What do you mean? Like that you were like (laughs) that you were like. Well, I don't see myself as an adult and I don't also see myself as like an Asian adult woman. So like, what do oh, I, oh, I you know, that, like yes, you yeah. had both of those things and you still yeah, mm-hmm. came to, to both of them like together, which is like double hard, but also maybe I don't want to speak for you, maybe a uh, double lovely.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, well, I think it's, yeah, it, yeah. You're saying it, it allows for this opportunity to sort of take control of your own future mm-hmm. in that way. And, and, um, you know, I think, uh, that's something that Max says to Micah in the episode, like you get to define what it means to be your own kind of parent, your own kind of man, like your own kind of person. and I think that is very true and you know, particularly as trans folks, like we are for those of us also with the access to to and um, uh, to the care that we need uh, to create that future for yourself to really build that um, from almost nothing, not nothing, but like from very little reference uh is is huge. it's huge. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess Leo. Like, what are you like? What are you mm. excited about? Like, what are you looking forward to? What are you working on? Any all of those yeah. things? I would love to hear, and I'm sure other folks would love to hear what's next for you.
2: Well, uh, there's a small strike happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, just a tiny yeah, little. Yeah, yeah. One. <laughs> no, a very important <laughs> strike happening for the Writers Guild, um, and I don't know if uh, SAG. So SAG also SAG authorized uh, a strike vote uh, if if negotiations fall yes. through. So I think we're looking at some time. Let's yeah, we're looking at so. some time to reflect <laughs> as an industry, uh, as individuals, mm-hmm. as artists. Um, in that time, I've been working on this Christmas rom com for the last three years, uh, and I'm hoping to <gasps> oh, see
1: Christmas
2: nice. uh, super gay uh, queer rom com.
0: Is it actually rom and is it actually com? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't find myself as I, I find writing comedy very hard. I don't find my, I don't believe I'm like innately funny, but I am learning to pull from my relationships that feel funny. And nice. ha- like where I've laughed, uh, not necessarily word for word, but like tapping into that emotion of like, okay, when I'm with this person, how easy is it to, to mm-hmm. have this rapport? Um, and I'm currently working on, I've been spending the last like few, few, well, I started, I started last year, but the last few weeks in particular, just like hunkering down on this pilot. Um, mm. This, like treat this treatment this outline um that again I have no idea what will happen you know no one we're all everything's shut down and, and no we're all kind of on a reset but um uh, it, it, this one would focus more on uh, my experience like loosely based on my experiences as like a queer trans adoptee
0: Cool. I would love to see that
2: i've been i've been like right i you know yesterday i spent hours just writing with to the this is us score uh on repeat just like i'm <laughs> oh spotify wow. it's an hour long so i just played it like i don't know wow. three times oh my god. Uh, and i've been writing oh that and i'm god. like oh my god i'm already like i'm trying I was texting my friends that who are also in the industry i'm like when you're writing how do you like not to get too carried away like oh my god i want this person to play this person and then you like <laughs> get caught up in how this actor would play the role instead of just like the role itself the character itself but so I've been on a, a bit of a writing tear and, uh, nice. uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't, I don't know anything yeah. about development or pitching, but, um, that's what my team can help me with. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're there for. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited about those. I'm excited about those that's projects. That's so cool.
1: Awesome. That's great. We'll see what happens with them. Where can people find you and mm. follow you and find more about you? There are
2: social relationships. I am on Twitter <laughs> barely. Huh? Uh, I Leo Chang. And I am also on, I don't have a blue check mark anymore because I'm not paying. Yeah. Uh, and I am on, uh, <laughs> I'm on Instagram, same handle, Shang. Uh, I post like once a month now. It's so stressful. I, stories are like, I find stories even more stressful somehow. Yeah. Um, I've really transitioned from like the tech guy to like, Whoa. you know, the, what do you call them? The, the senior millennials? Is that what they're, the I... <laughs> they're called? Yeah,
0: that's me i'm a geriatric millennial
1: that keeps coming up on this show
0: yeah you're turning into a luddite it's great
1: that's what that's okay well i'll be on tiktok for everybody please do thank you someone has to do (laughs) it somebody's
0: got to do it Uh, leo it's been great talking to you great to
2: finally meet you just super fun thanks so much for having me on
1: Thanks for listening. You can email us at thenewguyspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at thenewguyspod. This podcast is edited and produced by Logan Castradale, music by Atlas Bishop, and art by Maya Scarpa. Thank you.